The reading we heard first this morning from the Hebrew Scriptures was from the, from Samuel. And it recounts a part of the story of David's obsession with a woman he has viewed from his rooftop. He spied her on her own roof bathing. These open flat roofs of that time were ideal places for such activities, and people presumed that they were private spaces. And we're not told just what the conditions were that allowed David to see such a private business as his neighbor's wife bathing. But David becomes obsessed with her. But, of course, she has a husband, which is an impediment. And uh, recall that David then contrived to send the soldier, her husband, soldier Uriah, to the most dangerous part of the battlefield, so that he would be sure to be among the fatalities. And then David sent for Uriah's widow and added her to what is implied was already a significant harem. But then we hear, the Lord sent Nathan to David. And Nathan told David an illustrative tale about the rich man who took the poor man's only sheep and served it up to his own guests Even though the rich man had many other sheep, and the poor man had made a pet of this, his only lamb. David is outraged at the tale and excoriates the rich man, but Nathan said to him, You are that rich man. And Nathan told David that God had forgiven him, but he must pay by losing the child that was the result of his relationship with Uriah's widow. Likewise, in Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, we hear again that for those who choose Jesus as the Christ, the sins against the old law are to be forgiven. The law, Paul reminds them, is no longer the means to God's grace, but belief in Jesus as the Christ. So Paul says, even though I sin, I'm forgiven by Jesus. My failure to keep the law is nothing because the law is no longer the means to God's grace. Since Christ's sacrifice, no one will be justified by the works of the law. If that were not so, Paul tells them, then Christ died for nothing. And finally, in the passage from Luke's gospel, we hear of the woman, an acknowledged sinner, according to the apostle, who greeted Jesus at the house of the of the Pharisee, bathed his feet in her tears, kissed them, dried them with her hair. These sound like pretty extravagant details, but they make this episode more memorable, make the point of the story more dramatic. When his host reminds Jesus that the woman had been a notorious sinner, Jesus says that she has repented and has been forgiven and that her tears and kisses are given in thanksgiving for the blessings and forgiveness that Jesus has bestowed on her. She has treated him better than his host has. So we we see today layer on layer of sin and forgiveness. We're encouraged to acknowledge our own shortcomings, our own deeds of selfishness and hostility, of pride and greed. And the outcome for each of these examples is the forgiveness of God. Today's psalm is one of affirmation and relief. Happy are they whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is put away. 
Happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt and in those and in whose spirit there is no guile. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you forgave me the guilt of my sin. But this is not the end of today's story. Because I want to share with you what was going on Monday morning when I sat down to begin reading these lessons and thinking about today's sermon. I read the lessons. I was tracing out the common thread, which is more obvious than on on some Sundays. I was noticing that there were optional readings. I was glad Mother Penelope had selected these because they fit together so well. So I thought I'll just sit down at my computer and begin some preliminary writing. Then my phone rang. I was a bit annoyed, since as many of you know, when you sit down to write something, you like to keep going while it's in your mind. I answered. It was one of our outreach helpers, Victor Sakeller, who keeps an eye on the church property and often locks the doors or windows that have been left open. He has a key to the parish hall and is an official member of the outreach team. He said he'd been notified that the door of the parish hall was wide open. This was about 10.15 on Monday morning. Nobody was around. He himself was on the train to Palo Alto on a trip to the Veterans Hospital. Okay, I begrudgingly told him, I'll go down and check on this. I thought I would just sit down for a few minutes at my computer and type out some ideas that were swimming around in my head. But before I even could type the first sentence, my phone rang again. It was a member of the vestry telling me she'd heard that the door of the parish hall was wide open and that a homeless woman was there and was looking for something to eat. She hadn't eaten, she said, for two days and there was nobody at St. Luke's. Again, I said I would go see what was going on at St. Luke's and I started out to my car and then reality hit me. Somebody was at the church trying to get something to eat and off I was going carrying only resentment that I'd been interrupted. So I went back in my kitchen and made a sandwich and I washed some grapes and I packaged them up and I packed these in a small bottle of water in a plastic bag with a handle and I drove to St. Luke's. And the leader of the uh, Monday noon AA had just arrived and he said, when I got here, this door was wide open. I said, I I know that. I asked if he'd seen a woman around. He said he had, but she'd left. I phoned the vestry member who offered to get in touch with the woman and tell her there, were some, there was some food for her in a sack on the office door. And then I realized that whatever I wrote to share with you this morning, the most important thing was probably not about the Bible readings. Every service in this church begins with Jesus' admonition to love God and to love our neighbors Protecting property is serious, but it's not one of the ten or even one of the two commandments. And I thought of John's gospel when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter replied, Lord, you know that I do. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And this exchange is repeated three times. Did I finally get it? Brothers and sisters in Christ, the old law has been replaced. Read the letter to the Galatians. There's a new commandment. Listen to the opening prayer of the Eucharist. Love the Lord with your soul, heart, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We are forgiven for our sins, but that means we should not keep repeating them. 
Let us always leave this place in peace, ready to love and serve the Lord. Perhaps the door should always be wide open. And remember that Jesus is a hungry woman in our courtyard. May he forgive my slow response. Amen.